0: Hey, And we're live. You now, it's going to be amazing we have a third person here. So it just looks a lot more, like, cohesive. So I'm not just walking up every single time. Oh, here I am again. There you oh. are. Now here's all of me. Okay. All righty. Well, welcome to our latest episode of Crossroads, Ro- a Crossroads Youth Group special. Today, my guest here is uh, Pastor Alvin Thomas. Alvin, mind sharing a bit about yourself? How much time do I have? (laughs) Um, I'll give you 90 seconds.
1: 90 seconds. Okay. So my name is Alvin Thomas. I was born in New York City. Uh, I've been in Michigan now for 25 years. 25 years. I've been, I've married, have a a wife named Jenny uh, and my three children, Jacob, Amy, and Abigail. And I've been a part of the Life Church now for six months, nine months. Just about, yeah. Something like that. And I work as a hospice chaplain. Hmm. So that's... That,
0: my, that has to be interesting.
1: That is very interesting, yes. So that's my life in a nutshell.
0: Right, perfect. Uh, he, you're also one of the uh, associate pastors here at the Life Church as well? Yep, yep. Since, since you started coming here?
1: Yes, yes.
0: Um, it's, been good, it's been good getting to know you, man. Like, we, we both have, like, ADHD. At, le- at least I know I have it. I don't know about you, but... I'm diagnosed. Oh, uh, you're diagnosed too? So it, it's awesome seeing, like, all our thoughts kind of bounce off of each other. But the beautiful thing is they're both focused, like, they're, like, both of our minds are focused on God and trying to worship Him. So it kind of turns into this kind of really beautiful snowball effect. And I, I, I think it's really fascinating. I always, I always love talking to you. Like, I, I know we went out for a lunch a couple of weeks ago at a First Watch. Uh, man, that was, I needed that. Like, that, that was refreshing.
1: It was good to hear your heart. I've, I've, I've admired you from a distance, but it was good to hear your heart, what motivates you. Um, Pastor Larry has spoken so much about you and he's seen your growth and your changes, your development over the years. Yeah, and he's just incredibly proud of you. Yeah. So,
0: for context, I've been coming here since I was 19 years old and now I'm 28, so almost 10 years here at the Life Church. Wow! Yeah.
1: So, and I'm, I've been a strong believer that having long term friendships and relationships, yeah, you're able to see the changes and the development. And that's our goal the goal is to see good, good growth, good changes, and good development. So,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. um. Today I'm talking about a topic that's like really close to my heart. I'm not because I'm a worship pastor, just because I really love worship. And if you didn't catch that, we're talking about worship today. Um, I know for me, especially in my like formative Christian years, you know, I was in the honeymoon stage, um, just getting to know God. That's where I connected with him the most, because I never experienced that outside of A church setting or a worship setting, because there's something so—it's—it's something more deeper than that. Mm. So, you know, it it makes me think. Like, do you ever imagine what heaven's like?
1: Quite frequently. Yeah, me too, dude. Quite frequently, yeah.
0: Um, you know, a lot of conversations Sarah and I have had over time is the thought of what it's going to be like in heaven. You know, the joy, the peace. Knowing that you've completed, you know, you ran the race with endurance, mm-hmm. and now you are, you know, Jesus welcomes you. In. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Like, I'm I'm excited for that day. Right. But the wonderful thing is, like, God shows you a glimpse of that here on earth, and that's through worship. Um, even some of the littlest things can become a testament to God's ever loving nature. Um something as simple as like a sunrise or a sunset can become a love letter to his most favorite creation, mm-hmm. which is us. Us humanity. Um I worked at a summer camp for two summers. And, you know, you're you're away from the city, you're away from all the lights and whatnot. Um <clears throat> so you got to see a lot of the sunrises and sunsets and you know, especially there because I worked as a camp counselor with middle schoolers, so that could be incredibly stressful. Um, you know, I I would wake up in the morning, right in early six thirty, and I would go outside and look at the sun rising, and realizing it was a new day, with God doing something even new than the last day. Mm-hmm. Um, that that becomes a big motivator when you realize every day God's doing a new thing even if you even if you don't see it hmm. um, uh, what, what are your thoughts on like how you see God through
1: so I am not a morning person um, I,
0: ha- I had to be a morning person for that job
1: yeah Jake, Jacob and Amy I've, I've watched them you know whenever they're in the car whenever we're traveling Jacob and Amy both they take snaps they take pictures of um, the sunrise or the sunset. they I'm guilty of that too. They're so enamored by that. They're so amazed by it. And for me, you know, that's that's nice. That's yeah. nice. But when I use the word worship, worship is <laughs> something thats that I'm doing all the time. My understanding of mm. Romans 12, 1 is worship is something that I do all the time, whether I'm driving, whether I'm spending time with people, whether I'm having a meal together. Worship is anything and everything that I do. My life needs to be so immersed with Christ. So sometimes when people use the word, okay, now it's time for worship during a church service, I'm like, what do you think I was doing greeting people at the door?
0: Yeah, what what What, do you think I was doing waking up and...
1: Right, was that not worship? Anything and everything that we do is for Christ. He now lives in us. But I also don't want to be overly weird either. I know I've got friends that, you know, I I sense the presence of God at a red light. I said, okay, yeah, you know, but that's the reality, that Christ lives in us. He is always with us. Yeah. Um, the, over the weekend, we got a chance to go down to Detroit for Seek and Save.
0: Mm. And I've, I've heard nothing but good things about that. I,
1: well, first of all, I was just amazed. I took a lot of pictures um, with the children. You know, We were going door-to-door out in the streets. And it looks like a war zone. It looks like a war zone. There, there, there was a time, once upon a time, I used to work for DT Energy. Mm-hmm. And I remember one person called and said, I've got an $8,000 heating bill, and I live in Highland Park. And I'm asking myself, you know, I was living in an apartment back in those days, how do you get an $8,000 heating bill? And so she said, I've got a hole in my roof the size of a car, and I don't have the money to fix it. And I said, you can can go connect with any church youth group in your area, and they could probably help you out to try to get that fixed, because an $8,000 heating bill is not nice, it's not fun
0: that's just absurd.
1: Right. And but I was telling Jacob like what causes this? There's trash on the streets. There's trash in front of their house. Grass is not cut. Holes in their roofs, the holes in their windows. The home looks trash. And I said, Jacob, this is what happens when people don't have hope in their hearts.
0: Mm. When you
1: don't have hope in your heart, you don't have the ability to dream and say, "Okay, I'm sitting here, but I can see something different with my life, with my surroundings." And so God connecting with us makes me transform the world around me. Yeah, God's all about transformation. If he shows up at a place, he is going to change that place. The dead will come to life. He will transform. He will never leave a place the way it was before. He will improve it, make it better. But that means I have to conform to his wishes and his desire. Ooh. And I that can never happen unless I'm in a posture of worship. Yes. I'm in awe of who God is. Every second of the day, it's easy to be in awe of God when I'm at church. The music is playing, and the great, the right ambiance, the right lighting. But I want to be in awe of God everywhere and every anywhere because God is always walking with me. He is present. I mean, there's you know, you've read verses in the Bible like that, right? Yeah. In Him we live, we move, we have our being. Not just in church, but anywhere.
0: The way I think about it too is like everything I see is just something that God spoke into existence. Mm -hmm. You know, all things are just words that he chose to speak one day. Right. Like, I, he chose to speak me into life back in 1995. You know, he chose to speak you into life. So ultimately, like, I look at everything and God's tapestry is all involved in it. You know, um, being creative, I had to learn about fonts in college. And there's calligraphy and papyrus fonts. Mm-hmm. Calligraphy is handwritten fonts that take time and precision and care. Papyrus fonts are imitations. So, you know, like we as humans are having handmade calligraphy. Don't settle for yourself being a papyrus font.
1: Mm.
0: You know, because God, God, God's woven so much within us. And when I think about that, how much God's woven into me, I can't help but to worship. I don't care where I am. I don't care what I'm doing. When I realize that God made all of this, that, that's when I enter in the spot of worship.
1: Now, when you, talk about, when you talk about that, I think this happens to me. This happens to all of us. When I go through a struggle in life, when I'm going through a pain a sorrow when things don't go my way suddenly my eyes are off the big picture and now I'm licking my wounds and I'm not in the mood to worship I'm not in the mood to surrender my thoughts my ideas I'm in sitting in a corner I'm licking my wounds and I'm like oh man God's not doing things my way I'm angry I'm frustrated because I don't trust God I don't yeah. believe that God's got good plans for me I don't trust God this is what I wanted done, and it's not happening my way, and so I'm frustrated. And we have that, that that mentality, that spirit that I carry with me everywhere I go. Now I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated with the dog. I'm frustrated with my family. I'm frustrated with traffic. That's that's not a posture of worship. Or if it is, that's a posture of me worshiping myself.
0: A posture of selfishness. Right. Right. So... Um, you know, it's funny you mentioned like, in Scripture, like, there are so many good examples of worship. I mean, you look at the book of Psalms,
1: mm-hmm.
0: there are categories of worship. So you got Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. you know, worshiping a loving God and for him being so gracious and kind to us, you know, as, as David wrote in the 103rd Psalm. Um, sometimes, however, the worship songs would be considered laments. Mm-hmm pining for God's righteousness and justice um, like in Psalms 3 where David was f- fleeing from his own son Absalom and I you know when you when you look at it there's a format there's a structure to it and th- that's beyond like David that's to uh, I know there's another named one I can't think of his name right now Asaph, mm-hmm. Asaph or any, uh, any of the other unnamed psalmists um, when they wrote Element. They laid them out like this: the basic structure was one, an address to God; two, a description of their complaint; three, a request for God's help; and four, an expression of trust in God. So, like you, so I'm gonna look at Psalms three real quick. Oh Lord, how my, how my adversaries have increased! Many are rising up against me. Many are saying of my soul, there is no deliverance for him in God. Selah. Now, fun fact, if you don't know this, um, when you read the psalms, you see a lot of selahs. A selah is just a musical break, an interlude, a crescendo. Um, You know, because these were written as songs. You know, you see some formatted as like with stringed instruments or with, you know, uh, wind instruments. Um, So, just just a little fun fact for you.
1: Well, since you talked about that, for someone like me, my mind is constantly running, mm-hmm. constantly running. Same. Um, it's hard for me to even sleep at night because I'm I'm thinking, 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 thinking. What can I do next? What can I do? And so part of that is having mindfulness exercises, reflections, meditations. Recently, I was talking to a lady, and she was telling me that she spends time reading her Bible for forty-five minutes. I read chapters and chapters, forty-five minutes. I said, okay. What is God saying to you? What are you reading? What are you understanding? She said, I don't understand a single word. I said, okay, let's pause for a moment. Just take one word and meditate on it. Don't take 45 minutes. Take five minutes. Take one word, one phrase, one verse. Meditate on it. Sit with it. And then she has a son. I said, why don't you sit down with your son and tell your son, what did you understand from that verse that you just read? And have your son tell you back, what did you understand from that verse? So part of the Selah is to sit with that, to hear or feel the weight of the word that is spoken. Mm. Um, Because God speaks, I mean the the whole Genesis experience is God thinking things in his mind and just saying one word and things happen. Things come into existence. And so I don't want to just talk about God. I want to experience God in such a way that when he speaks and he's spoken in the Psalms, you've you just read a psalm. He speaks in the psalm. I'm gonna read that. I'm gonna personalize it. God, I'm angry, I'm frustrated, but I see your hand at work in my life, even through my frustrations. You're gonna do something awesome, powerful, beautiful, and I'm I'm giving you permission to do that. I, I think God wants me to read a psalm and then turn them around and personalize it and says, God, I know you're my father, I know you're my shepherd, you're gonna figure this out, and I'm gonna sit back and relax. Yeah. And when I when I come to that posture of saying, God, I trust you. I make room, I make space for God to do things in my life, and watch it happen. It's not just talk. A lot of, there's a lot of great talkers in this world. Yeah. I want I want to live in a world where God speaks and things happen in my life, in our life.
0: Yeah, that's just a part of ministry too. Like, you could have all the charm in the world and all the charisma, you can have the right words to say. But ultimately, if you're not a good listener, all you're saying is just white noise. Right. Because ultimately, in ministry, you have to be more than just a good speaker. You could be whatever level of speaker you want. I mean, Moses had a speech impediment. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to be a good listener. Because I, I know for me, I like going fast in just all aspects of my life except driving. Uh, My lawyer told me to say that. I'm kidding. I have no lawyer. (laughs) But, you know, other than when I'm driving a car on public roads, I go go fast. Um, But the thing is, you miss details when you're going fast. Um, I know for me, the biggest moments of, like, growth and learning is when I just slowed down you know, maybe laid you know laid down for a second, or just sat in a moment, and just listened. It, the way I visualize it in my head is almost like a campfire. Hmm. Like, I don't know, I don't know if it's if it's just me or if other people have this, but like, when I'm by a campfire, I am incredibly relaxed. It, there's a comforting feeling behind that. So when I slow down and say, "Okay, God, I'm right here. Nothing else is going on." It's almost like I visualize it as just sitting at a campfire with God, talking. Um, you, you know, you, you mentioned the lady who would read for forty-five minutes, chapter after chapter. Um, I was guilty of that uh, when I worked at my last job uh, because I, I just pushed carts, so it was really boring. Especially when you know you're physically fit and you know quick, um, so I'd bring my Bible to work and just read chapter after chapter but there are some times where I actually had to go out and do my job those are my Salem moments mm. those were the moments where I was thinking on God and thinking on those things um, I, I, I know to be fair I didn't like like that job but you know connecting with God it actually made it really good and prepared me for I didn't know it would be my next season, but stepping into you know being a youth pastor. Um, but it it takes a moment of just stopping, stopping where you are, taking a seat, just saying, "All right, God, let's talk."
1: So you you talked about you talked about Bible reading and prayer for for Bible reading. You know, I don't think there's a right or wrong way per se.
0: Oh no, not but, at all.
1: You know. I just I'm happy when when people are reading their Bible. So in the early days, my goal was to read through the whole Bible. That yeah. was my goal. So every day you read three chapters, you know, and sometimes the enemy tries to get you distracted, so you don't you don't get a chance to read. Yeah. Now I'm at a point in my life. Okay, I'm I don't want to read through the whole Bible this year. My goal is to just sit and meditate on certain passages of Scripture. Um, so I'll go through a book and I'll pause if it's a word that captures my attention, arrests me. And then I want to have a discussion about it because I may have a certain understanding, but I'll talk to you about it, and you're like, mm, I don't know if I fully agree with that or not, or you'll have more depth to share with me. And working out the word, working out the understanding of the word through family, I think makes more sense. Yeah, you know, I have children, so a lot of the things that they that they do is from their understanding. And so sometimes talking to someone else giving them a bigger picture helps them to, on the drive over here today I was talking to a young lady she says in July she's going to be getting married and so I was excited for her and I told her these are some of the things that you should look out for you know you're going to develop in your conflict resolution skills you're going to learn in your, you know develop your communication skills you have a lot of these areas that you're going to you're going to share your life with someone else that's the
0: first thing that every like marriage counselor I've heard share is you're going to learn a lot about conflict resolution I always find that so funny. Like, I'm not married yet. Yeah. But I also understand that, like, literally the most trained task is going to be my conflict resolution.
1: Because we, we are happy with ourselves. When mm-hmm. we are sharing our life with someone else, they're going to round us out, they're going to balance us out. So I was extreme to whatever. Like, I'm, not, I'm a late night kind of a person. Well, Same. I can't be a late night kind of a person when you have a daughter that you love deeply and you want to walk with her to her bus stop and your wife wakes up early in the morning and she wants to talk to you and, and take care of business. So you want to have these conversations and and develop that intimacy. So Bible yeah. reading time is really just trying to grow, grow in that relationship. You're It's a communication, you're hearing from God, but you also want to make sure that you surrender it with somebody. Am I hearing the right thing? Am I not hearing the right thing? Yeah. How do you feel about this? With my prayer life, and I'm a strong believer, this is my personal opinion, but I'm a strong believer Make sure you have pen and paper close by, a notepad, mm-hmm. something. Write things down. I just spent five minutes in prayer, ten minutes in prayer, half an hour in prayer. What did I hear from God? What did I understand from God? Maybe God is being silent with me. That's okay. I spent time pouring out my heart out before God, and I felt God being silent with me. Okay, write it down. And maybe this, this whole week God's been silent with me. What's going on, God? This whole week I've spent time in prayer with you and I'm feeling you being silent with me. Did I do something wrong? Did, have I missed something? Because I'm not hearing your voice. Yeah,
0: or am I missing something?
1: Or am I missing something? Um, or the other way around. God's saying something, and I'm not writing it down. I'm not holding myself accountable to getting it, things done. So, for example, recently, my, you know, my children, they're looking for jobs. And I said, you've got to create a resume. Every day I ask the same question. Did you create your – not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Okay. I'm not moving forward until you create that resume. I'm not doing it for you. And God's speaking, God's speaking to us. And oftentimes I think it's just a suggestion for me. I don't take it seriously. When God speaks to me, I don't take it seriously. It's a, just a suggestion. Yeah. And God says, I'm not moving forward until you do this. I need you to do this. And if you look at the, the children of Israel, they were wandering in the wilderness, what should have been a three or four day journey. Walked around for 40 years. For 40 years. How can you pray and talk to God and God not answer your prayer? God had to deal with you for 40 years. <laughs> that kind of tells you our human personality is we are really thick in the head sometimes and we're not listening. Yeah. And worship is all about, God, I lower myself down. There's a great verse in the Bible. I must decrease increase. so that the he can decrease. increase. Yeah. So I need you to increase, God.
0: That was in Isaiah, wasn't it?
1: Um, I think it's in the Gospels. Oh, really? Huh. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, John the Baptist, John the Baptist yeah. yes. So,
0: um, you know, kind of going further along in Psalms three, you know, but you, O Lord, are shield around me, my glory and the one who lifts my head. And you know, it continues in that kind of posture, you know, for the, for the last few verses. You know, even the darkest moments of David's life, he found a reason to worship the Lord. Sometimes you have to find just a reason. And sometimes the biggest reason to worship the Lord is that you woke up this morning. Mm -hmm. Um, You you know, you never realize how finite your life is till (laughs) it's at risk. Um, And I've had moments in my life where it's like, wow, like, you know, a few more inches, either way I'm dead. Um, You know, if I was there at that location a minute, two minutes, three minutes earlier, Mm I'm dead, like, yeah, you know, I, I know I shared it on the podcast before, I almost set off a cliff, you know, you know, a little, a little faster, and a, you know, a little less snow and we're not having this conversation because I'm dead. Hmm. Um, also, I slammed my head into the ground and almost fractured my skull like an eggshell. Um, you know, a lot of my, a lot of my... <laughs> A lot of my near death experiences have been snowboarding, so maybe maybe it's a good choice that I stopped doing it, you know, semi-professionally. Right.
1: Um, I told you about our Highland Park experience. Yeah. I, I think it's easy for me to play it safe and stay in my comfort zone, and it's hard for me to be grateful to God because I'm in my comfort zone. I'm enjoying everything within my comfort zone. But when I get out and I see what other people are experiencing, I see the world around me. There's a great song, a hymn that we used to sing back in the days, count your blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what God has done. Count your mm-hmm. blessings. Maybe it's an exercise that we need to do, you know, have a list of five things God that I notice that I observe. God's a spirit. So yeah. it's hard for me to see is God wearing a red t-shirt today? Is he wearing wearing glasses today? Because I can see you. It requires me a little bit more of a discipline for my inner eyes to see God at work in my life yeah, and to write it down and say you know what these are the areas that God I see you I see you I see your hand at work I notice you because not everyone else is seeing the same thing that we're seeing mm. but God I notice this and that's our intimate relationship with God Yeah, that's our closeness with God
0: it's funny you mention that one of the things I've been reflecting on kind of like on that list um, it was inspired by a, a song actually it's called Joy by King's Kaleidoscope check them out really cool um, you know, one of the lyrics in near the end of the song is Every moment I've played back, you lived in it. And I looked at my own life and realized, Wow, I look back at all those moments where I was like struggling or depressed, and I realized where God was in all of them. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, obviously, you know, snowboarding was a great thing for me because it allowed me to connect with God's, crea- God's creation, nature. Um. And then, obviously, I kind of went off on my own kind of rabbit trail because it was fun. Um. But I realized you know, not having those four years where I just focused on snowboarding, it wouldn't have taught me the mental and physical tenacity and the toughness to step into a life of ministry. So I I look back at all my moments, good and bad, and I realize, wow, God, you were there with me. And I didn't realize it. And even now, through all the things I'm going through now, you're working right now. Right. And, you know, that, that puts me in a heart of worship. Um, and, you know, we're going to live in a heart of worship till the day we die. And the cool thing is, you know, you know we receive crowns for that endurance. You know, James 1.12 says, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. You know, when we pass away, when we run that race, we receive an invaluable crown, you know, worth any, more than anything on the side of heaven. But look at the saints' actions in Revelation 4, 10 through 11. The 24 elders fall down before him who is seated on the throne and worship him who live forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne, saying, "Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and and by your will they existed and were created." They Mm worshipped. They received something invaluable. God gave them that, but that's not that's not the heart of worship. You mentioned this earlier. It's decreasing. it's laying down what's rightfully his Um,
1: well well, we talked about the Israelites a little while ago yeah I forget who told me this but something that I really appreciate is human nature is we we are happy when we've accomplished something I've achieved something but more than that God's interested in the journey more than the end result ooh we spend more time focused on the end result yeah um, I want to get married. I want to get this degree. I want to get this job. I want to accomplish this much financially. My, this is my goal, and I'm trying to achieve a goal. And I spin my wheel so much that I forget the journey to get there, the people that I met, the curveballs that I had to deal with, the waves that I had to deal with. All of that develops the patience, the endurance that you're talking about. All of that develops. That is the skill that I need most more than the achievement that I've reached, reached at the end. yeah. And so sometimes this is the pain and the sorrow of life. Like I enjoyed this moment, this day. Growing up, when we talked about worship and, and heaven, it was heaven was often described as a place to escape to. You know, I'm escaping from hell and escaping into heaven. Yeah. I want all the joys of heaven. My dad used to say, Alvin, if you live your life well, you will experience heaven or hell here on this earth. Ooh. You know, Ooh, that's good. Sometimes sometimes we go through hellish experiences in life and we can experience the peace of God. Think think about it for a moment. I mean, Daniel in the lion's den. He was not walking on streets of gold. Maybe yeah. he didn't maybe he didn't hear the voice of God. But that night, the most wildest of beasts, he used that lion as a pillow and had the best night of sleep than we would have had on a temperpedig mattress. Yeah. And the king who slept on the best mattress and had the best comforts, he's coming to Daniel and he's saying, Daniel, I had a t- hard time sleeping last night because I was worried about you. And Daniel says, I had the best night of sleep because this lion kept me warm and he was my pillow and he cuddled with me that I didn't have anything to worry about. I will experience heaven on this earth because I know he is with me. He will provide, I don't know how he provides. I don't know how He provides. All I know is He will use the circumstances of my life to give me a heavenly experience and I have nothing to fear and I have nothing to worry about. Yeah. So, you know, that verse in in Psalms, you know, even though you walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will not fear fear any evil. evil. You may, everyone else may. You may be grieving for my circumstances, but I have nothing to fear because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Yeah.
0: I I know we... Uh, our last staff meeting because um, I recently got laid off from my photography job and you know I was stressing about like you know what am I going to do now how am I going to provide how am I going to provide for you know proposing to my girlfriend and all that and I, I remember you just saying just be faithful just be faithful to God and he'll take care of it
1: Yeah.
0: Um, that, that's something I've been kind of resting on is you know when God gives you a call, he's going to provide the means to accomplish that call. He's not just going to throw you out. You know, he's not going to throw you out in the ocean without, like, a life, a life vest right. or scuba gear. Depends on, you know, depends on your interest. Um, he, he's not going to put you in a situation without pr- providing you the materials to do so. So, you know, I know God's called me to ministry. I've known that since I was 17 years old. And I've seen in ways that he's provided, like, personal growth, um, corporate growth in, in the church. Mm-hmm. But I know he's going to take care of everything else. So th- that's something I've been really kind of wrestling with and in. But ultimately, the truth, like, the truth, the truth of the matter is God provides. God provides. You just have to be faithful within that.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, just like you, um, I forget, 15, 20 years ago or something, I got laid off from a job. And I remembered, well, I can't, I can't just sleep in every day and not do anything. I need to do something. I need to have some discipline in my life. Yeah. So I'd wake up in the morning, get dressed, I'd go to church, and I would sit there and find something to do. And I developed a very complicated access database for the church. I created websites for the church. Things that are not my passions, but I just worked on different things and I gained skills. And later on, those were the jo- the skills that I needed for my IT jobs. And so I realized there, there's no wasted time with God.
0: Oh, there's no wasted time with amen. God. God's, amen.
1: God's using that time for me to develop some skill, some talent that I can use. And, you know, I'll go back and, and share what I shared with you. You know, David wasn't looking for a wife. Remember, David, you know, and this, is, this I learned from Damon Thompson. Um, David wasn't looking for a wife. David... Loved God so deeply, so passionately that his father says, "David, go take some food for your brothers. They're at the front lines of the battle." And David, if you love God, it is not that hard for you to love the people around you. No. Even if it's parents that rejected you. David loves his father, and he's obedient to his father. Says, "Sure, Dad, I'll, you know, you pack the bags, and I'll, I'll take, I'll take meals for my brothers." And so he goes over there. He's excited. He's excited to see his brothers. He's excited to see the action, the battle, the fight. And he goes there and come to find out there's a Goliath there mocking God and mocking the soldiers of God, the people of Israel. Yeah. And so Israel was was a nation blessed by God, you know, started by God. So David, that, that, that love for God made him very passionate. He's like, who is this guy that's mocking us and mocking God And why are you guys not doing anything about it? And so he hears the reward. The Saul, Saul, King Saul says, if someone can take down Goliath, someone can take out our shame, this is my reward. I will give you the king's daughter in marriage. David Mm -hmm. didn't come to battle looking for marriage. He wasn't looking for that. That wasn't what he was thinking of. But the passion of the Lord inside of him says, I'm taking Goliath down. I'm not letting anyone mock God. And so he takes down Goliath, and now he's blessed with a shepherd boy out in the wilderness. Now is blessed to get married to King Saul's daughter. And so what Damon shared from that message was, if you will take care of God's business, God will take care of your business. Yeah. And as a father, I've learned that many, many times. I've got three children, and many times they don't even ask for things. They don't even ask for things. Jacob likes to play the piano, and I watched him play the piano, and he had fun with so- he, uh, Someone gave us a piano, a tiny little Casio piano, and we no. played with that. But I kept asking him, what, you know, what kind of piano do you like? And he's very impressed with the Nord. I think that Nord cost like $5,000. He didn't even ask me. He didn't even ask me. One day he shows up at home, and the, and the, the $5,000 Nord piano is sitting there, ready for him to go. And so that's the father's heart. If we love him deeply, if we love him passionately, he gives us above and beyond what we could have ever imagined so that's my prayer life is i don't often ask for things for my life i don't i don't have a list of things god this is what i desire this is what i desire you remember that song this is my desire to honor you lord with all my heart i worship you lord i give you my life I g- you don't do you remember that song no dude It's a a great song. My desire is to honor you, God, in everything that I do, in my relationships with my wife, with my children, at church, in my neighborhood, in the community. My desire is to honor you. And if I take care of you, take care of your business, I'm not trying to be weird about it. I'm a normal human being that lives on this world. But God walking on this earth, he loves people. He loves our community. And if I can love God deeply, he loves me a trillion times more than I can love him. My love is flawed. And in, in a flawed state, if I can still love him, and I say, God, you are the most important person. And every day is a test for us to find out, is God really the most important person in your life? You know, it's a test for us. And people that don't believe in God, they don't understand this. They're like, oh, God's just a figment of your imagination. If that makes you happy and you believing God, you know, but the Spirit of God, the Spirit, like I can't see God, but I see his hand at work in my life. Yeah in our neighborhood, in our community. And if I can just understand his heart and his spirit, he does so many beautiful things that it increases our hope, our joy.
0: Yeah, it's, it's like the wind. Mm-hmm. You can't see wind. You just see the products of what it does. Right. Um, you know, I have a testimony about just being faithful to God and God providing. Um, I remember in 2019, I, my last girlfriend had broken up with me. Um you know I need, I need to do a lot a lot of maturing and I mean she wrote she wrote me an entire like essay on the ways I needed to work on myself and in, in fact I'm very appreciative of it um, but I remember a lot of my life pining for that then I had that and then lost it. Um, so there's that question of like God like like why 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 you know, very, very just emotional prayers, um, but God was working things in me, and I was single for two years of my life. And in those two years, I did a lot of ministry, a lot of young adults ministry. Um, I did a, a college group over at uh, Macomb. You know, just serving in ministry and serving in our sound in our sound team and our creative team, and and just serving Him. And you know, in in my serving, it's just like you know what God, I am just, I'm content with you. I'm content with you. I'm just going to keep serving you. And if I get married, awesome. If I don't, I still have you, and that's even better. And, you know, I was serving and serving and serving. And, you know, I came in last Sunday at 2020 just serving, you know. And I remember I was walking back across this kind of row off, off stage left here, and... I saw this girl, I locked eyes with her, and I walked away because I was I was I was in servant mode. And then she kept coming and I was still in serving mode. And uh evidently I got talking to her. And you know, I, I at first there was kind of an arm's length because it's just like there's that balance between like is God blessing me with with a potentially a wife uh-huh. or is this like a, a distraction along the way a temptation because uh, first I thought it was just temptation so I didn't pay I didn't pay, pay it any mind I could I could have been a bit more polite but you know <laughs> um, evidently in my serving she the w- she would keep coming and I got talking to her and then it became, you know, my girlfriend now, Sarah.
1: She's a good gift for you. And oh, dude. I haven't, I haven't known you for a long period of time, but I'm always happy when we have good gifts and yeah. she enhances your life. She, it's It's truly a blessing just to watch. And for me, you know, I'm more of the impatient type. I can't wait for you guys to get married. <laughs> I, I, I know there's plans and logistics and all that kind of stuff, but, yeah. I, you know, I'm ordained, Pastor Larry, you know, there's a church building, what's the delay? <laughs> but I know, you know, Sarah may not be appreciative of things like that, but, yeah. you know, I, I God gives us good gifts. God gives us good gifts.
0: Yeah. And, you know, in, in worship, like, I heard one of our old pastors say, like, this, the heart of worship. If the engaging music is silenced, smoke and the lights are shut off, or the the captivating speakers have stepped off the stage, and all that is left is the rhythm of your heartbeat, and your hands are still in the air, your heart is unfazed, and your attention is still fixed upon God, you have discovered real worship. That's exactly what we got to be aiming for—real worship. You know, the same worship that brought the elders to their knees in Revelation. The same worship that brought David and so many others to create the beautiful psalms that brought the heart of worship to hundreds of generations after. Mm -hmm. And think about that. Like, a lot of these psalms are written back in B.C. B.C., and we're still talking about them nearly, what, 3,000 years later? 4,000 years Mm -hmm. later? Like... It's, it's that same worship that allow for events like the day of Pentecost. It's that same heart of worship that create revivals. Like, we've seen, I think, what, two or three major revivals here in America just in 2023, and it's only May. Like, people are connecting with, with God, like, in, in a way I haven't seen. Um, and I think it's just the start. Like, we are just on the precipice of something even bigger that God's trying to do but as servants we don't we, we don't effectively accomplish the mission without being in that heart of worship um,
1: so, so when you talk about the heart of worship you know and I'm sure you've been to churches where people are going through the motions right yeah okay let's lift up our hands okay we lift up our hands okay have a seat now now stand up now get, get on your knees. Their hearts are not in it. There's more excitement. You go to a sports game and people are spontaneous. It's, yeah. They are excited. They are screaming and yelling their heads off. They have voice. They have volume. They're waving their hands in the air.
0: They've painted their whole face.
1: Right. So So they know how to do this. But sometimes God doesn't excite them. They don't have a good view of God to see, you know, God doesn't excite them. And what God does for us, it doesn't... So the options are I can be complacent. I can come here and be reserved, guarded. I can be cold, and I don't get my emotions involved. And I just listen. And I'm more excited about food than I am about God. I'm more excited about going to my favorite restaurant than I am excited about God. That What I'm saying and what I'm doing doesn't match. Yeah. If I say that I'm excited about God, show me with your actions. Mm. There was a man... Um, his name is Kim Clement uh, and he used to come to Michigan back in the day when I was younger back during my college days and he was a psalmist um, a Davidic psalmist so he would come they would sing their songs and then he would come get on their piano and then he would have prophetic singing and notice I'm using prophetic singing I'm not using the word prophetic worship prophetic singing worship is anything and everything that we do anything and everything that we do is worship singing is singing it can be one point of worship, but it doesn't have to be. Preaching is worship. Anything and everything that we do is worship. Anyhow, Kim Clement, he said something that I thought was very interesting. He's He said, you know, the lights are turned off in the audience. And he said, if God was walking by through this sanctuary, is your worship so unique and different that it captures the attention? And he was talking about Bartimaeus. Yeah. There's a lot of people around Jesus. But Bartimaeus's voice, his actions, Caused Jesus to pause, stop his stop his movement, and pay attention to it. notice Bartimaeus, Zacchaeus. He did something that caught the attention, attention of God. Jesus, yeah. What are you doing that's catching the attention of God? That always that always has stayed with me from that point on. When I'm in a room, when I'm singing, when I'm having a time of worship with God, I don't want to worship like anybody else in the room. I want my fragrance. What I'm offering to God, be very unique and different. If you're lifting up your hands in worship, that's nice. Um, Part of being a part of a team is I learn from you. So if you're lifting up your hands in worship, why am I not joining you? That's one of the first questions I ask myself. If we're a team, we're doing things together. There should be some unity. Mm. But part two is like I need to take it a step further. Um, Pastor Tyler is worshiping like this. Jesus, I I want to take this a step further. I want to give you something more unique, more different than what Pastor Tyler is giving you. I've got something more to offer you. So back in those days, I actually stopped at a store, picked up a whistle. And every time we'd go into a time of worship, I'd jump up on on a chair, and I would whistle. I would blow my whistle. That was my act of worship to God. I want to do something unique and different. So, in a gathering that we have, like I told you about Seek and Save. Saturday... The speaker gave a message. And afterwards, when people were asked to come down to the altar, people were heartbroken. They were shedding tears. They were coming down to the altar. They were convicted of their sin. And they said, God, we want a change in our life. And I knew many of their stories. I talked to them. I heard their stories. And I was desperate for them. I said, God, I know the hellish experiences that they're going through. And so, God, please bring about a transformation, a change in their life. Yesterday during you know our service here, yeah. people responded to the altar call. And I was just talking and listening to people. And was, their hearts were broken. There was tears. They were asking God. They were begging God, God, only you can bring about the change in our lives. Would you please do something different, transform our lives? That's worship. Yeah. Worship for me is change. change my heart, God. Change my life. Let's do something different.
0: You know, you know. Hmm. Just knowing, knowing that heart of worship, ha- having that heart of worship, letting that sink in. You know, that is like amazing. That 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 that's a glimpse of heaven. Hmm. You know, First Corinthians says, "We look through a mirror dimly, yet we're still fully known." You know, in Isaiah 35.10, like th- this, is, this is what we get to look forward to. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. You know, that, that Zion that's mentioned is the new Jerusalem that's talked about in Revelation 21. Um, Revelation 21 speaks of the new Jerusalem. It's, it's the completion you know you know the, the, this the earth that we live on now is going to pass away but we get to reside in God's home.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's like returning to the Garden of Eden. You know look at Revelation one four. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. there'll be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things have passed away. This is what we're catching glimpses of our eternal home with God. There is no pain, no weeping, nothing of this world that is now of God. You know, I did some research on this New Jerusalem. Um, John lays out the measurements of that, and you know, it, it's a cube; it's a perfect cube. So it's one thousand. I, I forgot the exact measurement it says in the Bible. I know it was in cubits. I forgot how many cubits. But I did some research, converting cubits into like miles this cube is 1,400 miles. Hmm. Like, tall, wide, long. Like, when you think of height, like, I have an interest in space. It's like 1,400 miles. That's beyond the orbit of the International Space Station. Like, that is beyond pretty much 99.9% of our atmosphere.
1: Hmm.
0: And, like, width-wise, it's almost... It's just about the size of Africa. Like, this is going to be so massive. This is going to be home. But we don't get there without having the heart to appreciate, understand it, and give praise to the one who made it. Um, You know, when you find yourself in whatever moments of life you might find yourself in, whether good or bad, when you have that heart of worship, you're catching a glimpse of the hope that is to come. That we get to enter, you know, once once our lives come around, we get to in worship. We see these glimpses of heaven.
1: Um, I don't know if you heard on the news. Um, probably one of the greatest theologians in our lifetime, Tim Tim Keller.
0: Oh yeah. He,
1: he was a pastor in New York City. Um, he died. Yeah, and he was—he had a cancer diagnosis, and he died. And one of the things that he said is, "You grieve for me, but this is the greatest experience for a Christian, in that my sufferings here on this earth cease, and I get to be with my heavenly Father." Yeah. Um, working in hospice, one of the things that I tell my children is, "We are—we are all going to die. We're going to mm. die." We may have Alzheimer's, dementia. We may have cancer. We may have some sort of sickness or disease. But my name is Alvin. My name is not cancer. My name is not dementia. My name is Alvin. And so when I'm able to, I want to live my life. I want to serve God. I want to sing louder. I want to serve with my best capacity, my ability. Because one day I may lose my abilities here on this earth. And when I leave this earth, you can say goodbye to me. I'm your dad, your husband. You can say goodbye to me. My value is not based on whatever sickness or disease I have. My value is I was on this earth. I did my best. I loved God with all my heart. And I'm going to go over this hump, this moment of sickness or disease. But after I cross this hump, I'm going to be in a world where there is no sickness, no pain, no sorrow. I'm going to be with my Father. That's what this is really all about. I loved what you said today. I know in part one day I will get to see him face to face. I'll
0: be fully known.
1: Yeah, and you know, I will see Jesus more real than you are sitting next to me, and that's what life is really all about.
0: Yeah, it's it, it's it's running that race. Like I'm I'm a big like auto racing fan, and I I look at like the like those 24 hour races, like 24 hours of Le Mans, 24 hours of Daytona, like. It's, it's endurance. Mm-hmm. It's endurance to keep the car running, to keep yourself running, to keep your team running. Um, you know there, there are some moments where you're like, oh my gosh, we're not going to finish this. We The car's gonna break down or to crash or something of that nature. That's it, a lot like life. Sometimes we're like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna break down. I'm, I'm, I'm going to crash into my life. you know, I'm not going to succeed. I'm not going to get to, you know get to the point that I want to get to. And evidently, there, there comes a point where you just keep going. Um, I know for me, snowboarding, you know, th- th- there's a very special point when you're going really fast where it's like a decision speed, where it's, okay, you can keep going forward at the speed or you can stop. But generally, if you try stopping really fast from a high speed, especially in your, like when you just start off, if you try doing that, you know what's going to happen? You're going to have a really big accident. So th- th- there's a moment in life where it's time to keep going forward, and you just got to keep going forward. Just move in that faith. And and ultimately, you know, life's going to be scary at times. I, I, I've, I've had scary moments in my life. You have scary moments in your life. Um, you know, there, there could be a lot of uncertainty. I mean, I think the whole... <laughs> New, news networks are ba- based off just promoting uncertainty. Um, but man, you know whatever happens as long as you're in that heart of worship, it, you win. You're going to get to that finish line. Right. It may not'll look different from other people, but you're going to get to that finish line. And you know I, I'm appreciative of the journey I've been on, that I, I, I've seen glimpses of how good God been, how good God has been to me. But I also look forward to, you know, breaking through that dim mirror to see God in his fullness so that I can be fully known as well. Mm -hmm. Um, That's all the notes I have today.
1: No, I I really appreciate us having this conversation today. It's it's refreshing. It's really refreshing for me. Um, Like I said, I don't want to be weird about worship. I don't want to be weird because I've seen a lot of weirdness over time. Yeah, me too. (laughs) But living a life that is God-centered helps me to humble myself. I'm not right all the time. I'm not perfect. I need Him to be the center of my life so that my life is conformed to His. He's got good plans. He's got good wishes for me. And if I just slow down and I listen to His voice, He will guide me. The Bible says He will guide me to all truth. Yeah. And uh, there's another verse of the Bible that I really like. The steps of a righteous person is ordered by God. Ooh. And, you know, what does the word righteous mean? I just want to have a right relationship with God. He will guide me. He, he's faithful in doing his part. I just need to conform to his wishes and desires. And along the way, if, if there's a curveball in my life, he will get the glory out of it. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. And, you know, you talked about the news. I'm watching what's happening in Russia and Ukraine right now. It yeah. grieves my heart. Part of me says I, I need to worship with a deeper sincerity because there are many people there that don't have the freedom to do so but at the same time my heart grieves because this is God's earth and God grieves over what's happening, the violence, the innocence Um, but human nature is we like power, we like control, we like authority but I don't have control, I don't have control so giving up that control to God and say God you have control, you take control Um, it just really brings our hearts and minds at peace
0: yeah, it's a piece that has all understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to pray. Okay. And then I guess I guess we'll have to wrap it up, huh?
1: Sounds good. Thank you.
0: Father God, I, I pray for Alvin, myself, the listener, the viewer, that Lord, e- even in moments that don't seem the most obvious, that we still keep that heart of worship to you. That regardless if there's... Amazing music played, or we're just sitting in silence. That Lord, we still give you praise and honor because you are worthy of everything, Lord. Yes. That Lord, you, you created us, humanity, out, out, of, out of dust and your breath being breathed into us. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we are nothing but sub creations of you, the true creator. So, Lord, we praise you for all these things that you've created. Lord, may our hearts not grow weary in worshiping you. Because, Lord, you are true rest for our bones. You are true food and true drink, Lord. And, Lord, I pray that you would just pour into, into our cups. That, Lord, we would work in the overflow of who you are, Lord that, Lord, we do not cease in worshiping you because, Lord, you are just preparing us for, for our home, for, for our homecoming to you. So, Lord, may, may we just not lose sight of that, that you are preparing, preparing each and every one of us for the steps that you've already put in place. And, Lord, we thank you and praise you. We thank you when we praise you. You are worthy of all praise, Lord. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen.
0: Thanks for thanks for coming on the podcast, man. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that was uh, that was really good. Good. That was really good. I I know that's built up my heart and, you know, it, it's funny we've been talking about like just kind of that that kind of uh, stillness, because uh, actually tomorrow I'm actually going on vacation to uh, Myrtle Beach with. Uh, Sarah and her family. Um, you know, obviously we're going to have a lot of fun, but I- I'm more excited for that stillness.
1: It'll, it'll You'll have the time to h- disconnect and, yeah.
0: Yeah, I- like, I, I'm, I'm super excited. And that, like, having this conversation has excited me more because it's just, like, I don't have any distractions going on. I can just be with God, look at his creation, mm-hmm. and, and just, like, connect. So, like, I packed my Bible and, like, a notebook and a couple pens, and, like, I am... Ready to like experience what God has to speak to me through that. Good. So I, I I don't think this was by mistake that we talked about this.
1: Good, I'm happy. Yeah.
0: Um, well, with that, uh, thank you for watching or listening. Um, might might be a little bit of a delay coming back to for to podcast because obviously I'll be gone. Um, but you know, follow us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Spotify, and thank you for watching and listening. And have a good day, everybody. Thank you. And now there's just that air as I walk up to the stage and turn off the live stream. And I'm just now just I'm just a disembodied voice now, just just speaking things into existence, or I guess speaking words into the air or whatever. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. I'm kind of tired. Anyways, thanks for listening. Take it easy.